Welcome to the Transformation Church Podcast, where we're leading people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you a fresh perspective on God and His Word so you can see transformation in your own life. Enjoy the message. Welcome to today. Today's kind of a what we call standalone message. And, um, you know, we thought that um, taking some time and just trying to tackle this idea of parenting in the 21st century um, would be uh, not just a challenge, but interesting. And so uh, if today's your first time uh, with us, welcome, welcome. My name's Ryan. This is my wife, Andrea. We have the honor to serve here as lead pastors. And, um, you know, we kind of, I don't know if you've kind of noticed it with, as being a parent, that parenting has not gotten easier. It's gotten harder. And uh, so we want to take a little bit of time today. And today's going to be like super practical Super practical. We're going to talk a little bit about um, three stages of parenting, and then we're going to give some kind of takeaways over our 19 years of of being parents um, through our successes and our defeats. Uh, kind of share with you a little bit, but um, and this is also for those you know we understand that it's not just the nuclear family where there's a mom and a dad in in a home, but also you may have a single mom or single dad. Or maybe you are a grandparent raising your grandkids or an auntie raising your niece or nephew. Maybe you are a grandparent and you're watching your kids raise what I hear is the best treasures that you could ever have. Like my parents tell me all the time, just be like, just wait. When the grandkids come, it's all worth it. It's all worth everything that you go through. And so this is really for all of us, even if your kids are already grown and out of the house, just these practical tips and even things that we can remind ourselves with because our oldest is 19, Jeremiah. Our next daughter, Jordan, is 18. She'll be, she is a senior this year. And our youngest is 15. Uh, she's a sophomore. But as we were going through this, I was remembering back to the earlier days. And so it's good to kind of remember back and helping new moms and new dads walk through and just giving good biblical advice um, to maybe somebody in your family that is struggling with raising their kids. And so this is, this is really a practical for all of us this yeah, morning. And I think if you're a new parent, or you plan on being a parent, you're like scoring on today because you get kind of this information before you get, get going. But before we jump into um, what we're going to talk about today, why don't you read a couple parenting one-liners? Okay, so here's, here's some, here's some thing. So this one kid said, he said, I asked my mom if I was adopted. She said, not yet, but we placed an ad. <laughs> okay, for me, that mom wins. <laughs> okay. Um, this mom says this, when my kids ask for something and I say, we'll see, what I'm really saying is, please forget. <laughs> so mine is, when I say, we'll see, my kids know that that's a no. I'm just, I don't want to say no. So I'll say, oh, well, we'll see. And they literally like, well, that's a no. And they walk away. So... Um, the quickest way for a parent to get a child's attention is to sit down and look comfortable. Amen. Um, and then the last one, you want to know what it's like having a fourth kid? Imagine you're drowning, then someone hands you a baby. (laughs) 
you know, I, I was telling somebody this this week. Ryan and I have such a heart for single moms and single dads. And it hit us when we had Journey, who is our third, our last. And up in, well, now we had a three-year-old, a two-year-old, and an infant. So I did not, we did not sleep for like six years. But when we had Journey, it was at that point where we, it wasn't divide and conquer. We were officially outnumbered in our home. And it was this realization of a single mom who is doing this all alone. And when that hit us, I mean, I, we remember we were in an apartment and we just looked at each other. Journey was like 18 months old. And I was like, how do single moms or parents, or parents do that? Because we see a lot of single dads nowadays too. How do they do this? And so our commitment and our heart for you out there, if you are walking through this and doing an incredible job alone, that this church surrounds you. We are here for you because we understand that it is a, this is the toughest job that any of us can have. It's, it's, it's a calling. It really is. It is our greatest ministry is our children. And we just, we want to come alongside you guys and be your tribe and help you raise your kids. And so, um, but we'll start with our prayer this morning that we always um, start with. So it's going to be on the screens. Can we repeat this together this morning? Father, as I open your word today, speak to me. May I have ears to hear, a heart to receive, and the courage to respond. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys did really good. Good job. Give yourself a round of applause. Yeah, like five people are proud of themselves. Here's an idea that um, I didn't really believe early on in parenting, and on the back half of parenting, I've come to realize is very true. And that's that godly kids are built, not born. The godly kids are built, not born. We see in Proverbs chapter 22, verse six, um, it says, point your kids in the right direction. And when they're old, they won't be lost. That there's this idea that we have to, as parents, kind of help our kids kind of figure out which direction is the right direction. And then it's almost this kind of idea of over a period of of years, we are beginning to release them down that right path. And um, I've just kind of, I've kind of learned and we've learned through the years that you can't point your kids in the right direction if you don't have the right plan. And so today we want to kind of give a kind of a 30,000 foot view of of kind of a plan for parenting. Um, It's basically three stages of parenting that we walk through. And so why don't you share the first one? So you can go on to, um, we're great, we love resources. So focus on the family. Dr. James Dobson is a great resource. He has four. So we're gonna go over, um, we kind of condense them, the three. So sometimes um, they're gonna give you three, sometimes they give you four, but we're gonna give you three stages of parenting. And the first one is called the caregiver. And that is birth through elementary. Okay, the reason why I asked to do this one is because this is my least favorite stage of parenting. This is where they're fully dependent on you for you to keep them alive. (laughs) So um, your job as a parent in this moment is like, you got to feed them. Um, You have to, you know, teach them how to um, pick out their clothes and put their clothes away and 
they, they really don't form the words to be able to express to you how they're feeling. And I think that's one of the reasons why this was the most difficult because I wanted to have like rational conversations and I realized that you can't have a rational conversation with a four-year-old. But then I realized sometimes you can't have a rational conversation with a teenager either. So sometimes it comes back. But um, Jeremiah is so excited. He's sitting. He was like, why didn't you have me serving kids today? Um, he's sitting over there. Um, but this, oh, this chair does move. I almost just fell. That would have been fun. Um, but the caregiver is birth through elementary. And the objective here is you are teaching them obedience. So birth through elementary, your objective. So we got to have a plan, right? Now, it doesn't work every day. Here's the thing. Don't be like, oh, Ryan Andrea gave me three things. And so I'm going to do these and it's going to come out perfect because that doesn't happen either. Just read the Old Testament where one king was godly and his son came along and he wasn't. And then his son came along and he was godly again. And then his son came along and he wasn't. Like, everybody has a choice to make at the end of the day. But if we can follow biblically what God is calling us to do for these kiddos, we're giving them a chance. We're pointing them, like Ryan said, in the right direction. So this, this part, and, and this is more of a guide, um, a guide. So there's flexibility, fluidity there. It's also dependent upon... Like some kids advance and mature quicker than others. So as a parent, you're kind of navigating like these three stages. The birth to elementary isn't like a hard line that you officially do a graduation party and then you head to the next phase. You're kind of navigating that and using wisdom as a parent. But, but you're really focusing on this first stage when the kids are younger about setting like this is what the rules and the expectations are of the house. Like... The, your role as a parent when your kid is, is preschool and elementary is not as much to be their friend or their best friend. It's to begin to set the parameters of what the behavior looks like. And um, I, I personally think that um, it's good in this stage that your kids are growing up and there's a sense of, of healthy fear. And that's important that you, under, I'm saying a healthy fear that just like there is a fear of God that we have this kind of honoring and reverence of God, there's that same um, perception that your kids have um, of you that when you kind of say like, like this is not the stage to where you like set the rules and the expectations and then they fall short and then you just don't follow through with it. Like it's important that you're following through. Like I've kind of learned that delayed obedience is disobedience, right? Like if you're having to count to a hundred before your kid does what you've asked them to do, like that's not, the more that we allow them to get away with that stuff as small kids, the worse that gets, the older that they get. And I think too, understanding that these principles and the obedience that we're setting, they are godly principles. This isn't something that you know, there might be some rules of the house, but there's some godly principles that we're going to like, like you don't put your hands on your sibling. Like you don't hit, you don't act out in anger. That means mom and dad, you don't act out in anger. And so we, we did like, oh, I'm going to go ahead and say it. We spanked our kids. I'm, listen, 
just saying. But we did not in the heat of the moment. Listen, my dad spanked me, and the worst five minutes were the five minutes that I was sent to my room waiting for him to come spank me because he was going to cool down first. Yeah, it, and so, and no, it's not popular. I'm not saying hit your kid upside the head. That's not, that is out of anger and that is not godly and that is not biblical. But discipline with our children is important. This stage is the stage where you get to say, because I said so. This is the stage. But then that stage leaves. So this well, One of the benefits of, of this, of setting kind of the foundation of, um, kind of like what Joshua said, like as for me and my house, my family, like we're going to serve the Lord, like this, this is the way it's going to be in this house, but you're obviously doing that with love, is that it creates kind of a foundation um, so that as they get older and older, and especially like instant obedience, like not counting to 100, but listen, when I tell you to get up off the floor and to stop screaming and throwing a tantrum in Walmart, I'm not going to count to 100 for you to do that. Like, you're going to do it now or you're not going to get whatever you're there for or whatever. But what that does, what it did for me is that it kept me from getting to a point where I was so angry because I kept saying over and over and over and they kept not doing it over and over to the point that I erupted and I acted out as a parent in a way that would be unbiblical as a father. And so this kind of begins to, especially if you're just starting out in parenting, this begins to kind of set that foundation. So your kids understand that when you say, hey, this is my expectation in the moment, in the situation, they know they're not getting away with it. Like they can do whatever, cry whatever they want, but they're not gonna get away with it. And you're able to parent in kind of a steady emotion rather than parenting off the, the highs and the lows. Ephesians chapter six. So let's look at this. Open up to Ephesians chapter six. We're gonna start with verse one. Children, obey your parents because, not because you belong to them, but who do you belong to? The Lord. The Lord. They are God's kids. They are given to us for a moment and for a season. And friends, it's so important for us to understand this, that, you know, we are, the children are placed in our life for us to be there for them. But they are the Lord. So children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on the earth. You are tinger kids in this age and in this to honor their parents. So the blessing that comes behind this is scriptural. You know, I remember one time we were, we were in Target and then we'll move on to the, to the next phase. We were in Target, and so we were never, we, we've never been the parents that like, at the end of the week, if you get all your stars, you get a treat. Like, if at the end of the week you get all your stars, then good for you. Like, 
that's that was an expectation that wasn't a reward and so jeremiah loved 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 buzz lightyear like it was his absolute favorite and so we had told him that he and he was like four years old like he was young and so we have chores we never gave allowance they were allowance to live in our house you know what i'm saying like we did not give out allowance my kids take out the trash. They do the dishes. At five years old, your child can make their bed. It's not pretty. Our youth ministry just shrunk. Listen, I know. All the, all, the, all the kids are like, no, mom and dad, this is not our church. Um, <laughs> but um, so he was like four years old. And so he wanted a Buzz Lightyear. And it came out to infinity and beyond. And so he wanted his Buzz Lightyear. And I was like, okay, bud, well, if you're going to get a Buzz Lightyear, then you're going to do these jobs around the house to earn your toy. Because it wasn't Christmas and it wasn't your birthday. And if it's, oh, I know this is horrible, but if it's not Christmas and it's not your birthday, then like you get one pair of shoes, make them last the year. Like, you know, all of this. If you want more, you can do things around the house to earn money. That's aside from your normal chores that you do. So anyway, so we go into Target and he was so excited. So we get the Buzz Lightyear, we pay for it. And I don't know, I don't know if he was just, I don't know, but he just started poking the bear. And I was like, son, you better stop. You better stop. And he was just, I mean, he would not let up. He, he's holding his toy that he worked for. And he was like, just, I mean, on it like just on me and just and Ryan was driving and we get into the car and he was still just on it you know what I'm saying like he's four years old he and he's poking the bear and I I I told him we're pulling out of the parking lot I said if you don't stop now I am turning around and I am taking your toy back he did not stop Ryan pulls out he gets to the stop sign of the target parking lot I looked at him I said turn around Ryan was like, Are you? I'm like, turn around. <laughs> we pulled back around. Jeremiah, I'm oh, sorry. Don't. And I was like, listen, next weekend, if, you're, if this behavior changes, we'll come back next weekend and we'll purchase it again. But I took that toy and we, t I mean, I took it back and I got in the car. I'm like, let's go. Listen, it, it, the easy thing, the, our temptation as a parent is when they apologize to give in and to give it back. And what we're doing when we do that is we're creating this, these kids are smart. Like, yes, they, they are. They may be three or four, but they are smart. And they can pick up on what, like they can pick up on that stuff. And so when we start giving in, when we throw a discipline down and then we give in on it, then they know that they can stretch us even further and further the next time. So we've sorry, go we gotta go. One more thing. Even so, sometimes we do we do like dismiss some of the the length of the punishment, but we let them know this is grace. We we give them a biblical teaching moment. You deserved one thing, but we're gonna give you grace, just like God gives us all grace. Like everything is a biblical teaching moment in order to do that. Good. All right, number two, we're going to move a little bit quicker. The coach. So stage two, you're making this transition from the caregiver where your child cannot protect or care for themselves into this kind of stage of middle school and kind of early high school-ish. And again, you kind of gauge that on kind of where your child is and the maturity of that. But, but the goal of this stage as the coach 
is you're trying to help your child understand the why behind the rules and the boundaries that you set as a caregiver, right? So the, the first stage you're kind of setting, this, this are the rules of the house, right? As they start to get a little bit older, you're moving from I told you so, right? To then beginning to explain to them why you're telling them so. And so in this stage, it's really, really important that you're having intentional conversations with your kids. You're sitting down on the couch, you're sitting down at the, at the dinner table, and instead of doing what our, our instinct is when we get frustrated as parents, um, to, to cut it off by saying, this is just this, the way it is, this is why I told you, like to really try to lean into that tension and to have conversations about why it is that this is the way it's gonna be in the house. I like to kind of think of it from the context of fishing. And so at this point, you're kind of starting to release a little bit of the line, right? It's in the, your, your, your pole, you've thrown it out, it's in the water, and now you're starting to release just a little bit of line and you're having these conversations around the why. This was a, it's a, it's a tough, and we're going to give you a, a verse of scripture here. This was a tough one for me because the I told you so is so much easier. The I told you so is easy. But allowing your kids to question why is tough because you better have an explanation behind it. And I found for me, I was just saying no because I was tired. Like my kids would be like, can I have a snack? No. And Ryan's like, why'd you just tell him no? I'm like, because I don't want to get up. He's like, they can make it themselves. Oh, well then yes, you can have a snack. You know what I mean? It was just, I was constantly just saying, no, 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 I don't want to do anymore. I'm so exhausted. I'm so tired. I'm so... And then I realized that I'm not in that stage anymore where I'm the caregiver. So move, maybe that's why caregiver was exhausting. Coach and this next one is more fun because you get to learn the personality of your kids and you get to have really deep, amazing conversations with them. Um, and so for me, this was one of the things that I, I had a difficult time doing. And Proverbs 4, 7 says this, getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. Getting wisdom. And so giving wisdom to your kids, to your grandbabies, to those that you are caring for, giving them the wisdom of God is the greatest thing you can do. So allowing them to say, why, can I, why can't I go and do this? And we can explain to them, well, scripture says, and we have this conversation with them that is able to impart wisdom to them. And that second part of the verse and whatever else you do, so that kind of is the blanket statement that covers everything else develop good judgment. Yeah. And the thing is, is kids can't develop good judgment if they don't understand why the decisions are being made. If it's just, I told you so, then they don't, they become robots to your parenting and they're get into a, a phase of middle school and high school where they're faced with kids that aren't just kind of following the rules Absolutely. and they don't understand why they have to be different than everybody else. And so you really need to, and, it, and it's not easy, like what she's saying, when you don't understand the reason why, and they ask you why, and you're like, you know what? Uh, I, don't I don't know, know why. why. But what we've learned to do is to tread that water, like to, to be honest with them and say, you know what? I don't know. 
Um, and we kind of talk it through and then maybe I step away and I develop my why and then I come back again. But this is the stage that my kids like make fun of me at because yes. I am always telling them why for everything. I, and I think one, I think one of the girls said a, they were going to say something about this yeah. at the wedding. But, yeah, everything um, for Ryan is a teaching moment. And sometimes I'm like, oh, we don't need to learn like... We all get it. <laughs> but he is very he is very good at that. Like you're very good. And he does this right here. Teaching moment. He sticks it and we're like, here we go. Um, I should get a shirt do, like like John Hurley has with oh, the Royal Rangers on the back, yes, but it just says teaching, teaching moment. moment. Like and it's and he always sticks his finger. Teaching moment. And we're all we all lean in, babe. We listen lean to everything. All right, number three. Okay. Let's move on to <laughs> okay, so the third stage is this. And so here's, this is super important. We are in this stage right now. It is important to have someone in your life that has already gone through these stages. Mm-hmm. Listen, we have people around us that we're walking through the same thing with them. But I have a woman in my life who when our kids were in high school or middle school, her oldest was 26. And I would call her consistently because she's already been through it. So you need to have people around you that are walking with you through this stage, but you also need people that have gone before you and listen to them because they've already navigated these waters. And the last one is this, the counselor. So we're learning this moment right now. Mark Twain said this, I love this. When I was a boy of 14, my father was so ignorant. I could hardly stand to have that old man around. But when I got to be 21, I was astonished at how much the old man had learned in seven years. (laughs) So there's going to be that moment where you switch from being the coach to being the counselor. And this one's hard because you're trust, like trusting someone else with your kids is really, really tough. But we have to trust God with our kids. And we have to let go of control and allow him to be the God of their life. And so this is that moment where we empower them to make their own decisions. And they are not going to make the right ones. And how we choose to respond to when our kids make the wrong choices depends on how they view the Lord. I'm going to say that again. Because you want your kids to come to you when they've made a bad choice, but you definitely want them to go to God. And they're going to see your response and they're going to equate it to their heavenly father. And so as they as you navigate and you empower them to make their own choices and they come to you and they say, "Listen, this was not a good choice that I made." It is our job to embrace them, to love them, to point them to Jesus and teach them how to repent. We can't just say it's okay because it's not okay. Sin is not okay. Jesus died for sin. See, Jesus died for sin. So it's not okay, but it is redeemable. It is forgivable. And so as we navigate these moments where we become the, and we 
listen, we lean into the Holy Spirit and we allow the Holy Spirit to give us the words. Because there are moments when my kids come to me and they tell me things and I want to, like, yes. I want to, my head wants to explode. I, I want to, you've got to learn the not shock face. <gasps> like when they come to you, don't do that. <gasps> like, <laughs> that scares them. Be like, hmm, okay. Okay, and you, whatever you're feeling inside, we've got 10 minutes. We've got 10 minutes. <laughs> okay. So say it if, it's, okay. if it needs to be said, say it. But <laughs> What's so funny about us is like, I'm a man of few words and she's a man of uses I'm a, my extra words. I'm a woman words. of... Or, well, yeah, you're a woman, yes. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. We're not that kind of church. Oh my gosh, we have lost control. Y'all are getting like, listen, our house is insane a little bit, but that's okay. Right. Um, Let me give, I want to give you something that we really use. This would be super helpful for you um, <laughs> related to this, this, third, um, this third phase. We talked to our kids about the importance of trust at this point. We were starting to kind of sow seeds in this in stage two, um, but in stage three, like trust becomes their currency for freedom. Yeah. Does that make sense? So like as we in middle school, we began to like trust them to go to somebody's house. We didn't let them spend the night until it was, I can't remember when it was, Last year, Jeremiah just said last year. You know, we didn't, we didn't do that. When you're 18, that. you can stay in someone else's. Um, but, but every time we would give them like a little bit of, of ownership in what they did, we would always tell them, we're trusting you. Yeah. And remember that if you break trust, right, then that removes the currency of freedom. So as, as they are getting into middle school and high school, they want to spread their wings, right? They want freedom. They want to kind of be their own person. And we want to help them with that. Yes. But the speed or the rate at which they get freedom comes from a level of trust. And so if we are saying, yes, you can go hang out at this person's house and you don't make stupid choices, right? Um, then you gain trust. And the more times that you do that, the more trust currency you begin to develop. So when you ask for the big thing that is going to be like, oh, I don't know about that. We go back and we think, okay, you have been making good decisions. And so we can trust you with this. Or we say, you know what, buddy? Um, we're not going to be able to say yes to this because the last several times that we've at, uh, given you the permission to do something, you've not followed through with what the expectations were. And we use that as really the, the, the currency, I guess is what I'm saying, of, of, of trust. And so, um, so that's that. All right, let's jump into um, these five takeaways and... We'll give you all five, so if you're my personality, we won't cut this short and not give you the five, but we may kind of move through them kind of quick. Um, first one is this, and I would say this, like, don't feel the pressure of doing all these. Yeah. Like, wherever you're at in your parenting journey, like, maybe grab one or two of these and try to kind of incorporate them a little bit. But the first one um, is this, make church a priority in your home. Make church a priority in your home. If you want to raise godly kids, right, 
They need to be in the house. They need to be in the kids' ministry. They need to be in the youth ministry. If that means that you've got to make arrangements or lose a little sleep or whatever, like you've got to get them in the place so they are developing friends that will be healthy friends, that their spirit is being challenged and they're being poured into. And one of the biggest things right now in our culture is that, and I kind of hit on it lightly, a few weeks ago, but what we end up doing is like we end up as parents trying to live our dream through our kids. And so, or we're wanting to give our kids everything that they ask for, which that's not really necessarily the best parenting tip either. Um, But what happens is, is like our kids get so involved in so many different things that it begins to pull them out of church. And at the end of the day, If our schedule doesn't show that we're making church a priority, then how do we expect them to grow up as adults and to make church a priority? And so that's something that as a parent, we we made a determination that this is gonna be a value of ours, whether we work at a church or not work at a church. Sure, we had times where our kids, um, they were away at a volleyball um, tournament or something like that, but that wasn't the norm, like they weren't, gone on at tournaments five Sundays out of six Sundays, like kind of thing. That was something that we would give them. Uh, and that would be something that would come as they're developing trust and as they're, you know, doing the right things. But, um, but that's two, let's jump to number or one, let's jump to number two for time's sake. So love your kids enough to discipline them. Um, Hebrews 12 says this, And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. And those are encouraging words. Those are (laughs) encouraging. Be encouraged. Um, So discipline is is showing love to your kids. And I think it's important for us to understand, like, I don't want to discipline my kids. I don't want to. But I choose to because I know it's the best for them. Um, Hebrews 12 says this, no discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterward, there is a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. This is for us as parents. This is for our kids. Doesn't matter what age of life you're in, the Lord is continually disciplining us, correcting us, getting us back onto the right path. And so it's important for us as parents to not shy away from that, but to love our kids enough to discipline them. Yeah, that needs, as it relates to discipline, it needs to look like God's discipline to you. If it doesn't look like that, then you're beginning to act out, out of alignment with God's will in parenting. And so when you think of how has God disciplined you, did he beat you up over the head because you made a mistake? No, he convicted you, right? There was this understanding that I'm moving in the wrong direction. There were consequences like God forgives us of our sin, but there's still consequences that come along with the sin that we, we commit. He does it out of a loving heart. He does it because he wants the best for you. And so when we discipline our kids in that kind of way, gentle, right? When we are doing it in a way where we want what's best for them, 
we control our emotions and we point them in the right direction that God has for them in their life. That kind of discipline um, is the kind that then begins to develop what it's saying here, that peaceful harvest of right living. The next one is this, create a healthy atmosphere for open communication. It's okay to have the tough conversations, to lean into the things that are uncomfortable. You know, I mean, we, we've had some tough conversations around the dinner table, but I can tell you that my kids, we've been able to navigate transitions and moving 3,000 miles twice with our kids in the room. It wasn't something that we had to do behind a closed door. We were able to invite our kids into the discussion. Now, here's the thing. We were going we were gonna make the final choice, and they knew that. We were going to make the final decision, us and following the lead of the Lord. But we allowed them to voice their hurts, their concerns, their struggles with it. And so giving them a place to open up and share, wouldn't you guys want that in your marriages, in your relationships with your friends, in your relationship with your parents, to be able to have an open communication and dialogue? And so Foster that for your kids as well. Yeah. At the end of the day, if they don't feel comfortable coming to you to talk to you about a stupid decision they made or a temptation that they have or something that they're facing at school, they're going to go to somebody. And that's what gets scary to us, not the difficult conversation navigating that but who they may end up going to in order to talk about the things that they're struggling with. And so try to maintain or keep a healthy atmosphere so that you can have that kind of dialogue. Um, the fourth one, um, and I'm really a huge proponent of this, let them see your imperfections. Let your kids see your imperfections. Like if they feel like you are parenting in such a way to where you're perfect and you never get it wrong, you're almost losing the trust currency in their eyes. Like we've, we've had moments where we've sat down and we've talked about like the why behind things. And what I would tie that into was my own shortcomings of why I didn't do it that way when I was their age. Yeah and the consequences that came along and the pain that came along. And so really trying to, to um, um, be open about, you know, your own journey as an adult and the times that you've got it right and the times that you've got it wrong. Um, Proverbs twenty-eight thirteen says that people who conceal their sins, that they're not going to prosper. And that's not just for kids. That's yeah. also for us as, as parents. And um, there was one time that, that I told Jordan to, she had to get up. Um, I th it may have been a Sunday morning that she had to get up. And I came back, I was getting dressed. I came back about 30 minutes later and she was still asleep. And I just did not respond well. Like I just, I went over there and I, I grabbed the bed and I shook the bed. <laughs> and she woke up she and was an she earthquake. was like <laughs> totally startled yeah. at what was happening and I told her, it's time to get up. You didn't get up. And I walked out and I walked out and I was like, I didn't handle that very well. And I kind of cooled myself down and I walked back in and I apologized to her for, 
you know, my reaction. I didn't say, well, if you would have gotten up, I would have never done that. Like, I owned my own emotions and what I did in the moment. And um, we've just really learned that that has helped to bring a bond and a closeness. They see your imperfections anyway. Listen, kids are smart. They see when you tell them, oh, you know, maybe you shouldn't speak like that. You know, maybe you should pray for that person instead. And then you start speaking ill about someone else. They're like, "Mm, mom, maybe you should pray for that person. And listen, they see it. Mm -hmm. They see our, they see our sin. So don't think that we're hiding it. Just be real and open and honest and transparent because I love this statement. Our kids don't need to see us perfect, but they do need us to point them to a perfect savior. When they see that we consistently have to go to the cross of Christ to repent for our sins, then you know what they'll do? They'll go to the cross of Christ for the repentance and the the forgiveness of their sins. And so it's such an important thing for us to do. And I guess the last one is this, and we're gonna kind of share this one together, is be the person you hope your kids will become. Who do you want your kids to be? Well, model that for them. You be it. You be the grandparent. I'm telling you what, watching my mom pray taught me how to pray. Be the woman, be the man that you want your grandbabies and your kids to become. And uh, Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. And I know some of you out there this morning, your kids are not following after Christ. And so you may think, well, that's because I did all of these things wrong. Well, listen, there is no perfect parent, first off. There is no perfect parent. You keep praying for them. You keep believing for them until they take their last breath and God will meet them there. It is our promise that if we train up a child in the way that they should go, when they get of age, they will not depart from it. And so don't don't stop praying for them. Don't stop interceding for them. Don't stop believing that their addiction won't be broken. But I'm telling you, it's at these moments that we hold on to the promise of God that it is not in my hands, Lord, it is in yours. That I am raising this child to love you. I'm raising this child to, this child is yours. You're gonna, God's got it and I trust him. I have placed my children in the hands of a loving father and before they take their last breath and even in the moment that they are taking their last breath, I am believing that all of our children and our grandchildren will come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ because that's his promise. That's his promise. That's his word. And so we encourage you guys this morning, draw close to the Lord be the example that even maybe you haven't had it perfect for the last 20 years, that's okay. Apologize. Repent for the things that you did wrong in the past and be there for them today. 
and allow them to see how God can turn things around. Yeah, at the end of the day, your kids will learn more by what they see than what you say. And so no matter whether we've fallen short or we're just starting out or wherever we are in the journey, being the person that you hope your kids will become, if I had to pick out of those five, that would be the most important one wherever you're starting, is to repent, make sure you're beginning to kind of lead in a direction with love and with grace and with humility. And be all in. Yeah. Because if you'll be all in, eventually your kids will be all in too. This morning, we want to pray for you as parents, single moms, single dads, grandparents that are raising kids. Maybe you're a, a foster parent or a caregiver right now. And we want to pray for you. And so I know in this moment, usually we all stand, but this is what I'm going to ask. If you're a parent, a grandparent, a foster parent, if you are filling the role of raising a child, I'm going to ask you to stand right where you're at right now. For those of you that are still seated, I'm gonna ask you to reach your hand out and stretch your hand out to those. And we're gonna pray over you this morning because we know, listen, we prayed over your babies that they're gonna have a great school year. But we wanna pray over you this morning as well that God will give you wisdom and strength and patience to lead this next stage of your child's life. Father, we thank you, Lord, for every parent that's in this house. And God, what an incredible weight that is to, to steward, Lord, your children to becoming godly men and women who are all in and love you with all of their heart. Lord, today we lift up those that might feel a heaviness, even a guilt, Lord Jesus, of, of missing it. Maybe there's some grandparents that look back and feel like they've kind of missed it along the way. Lord, we just pray for your grace. Lord, we thank you that your grace is sufficient. Lord, we pray for your grace upon them right now. Lord, bring peace to, to their hearts, Lord, but give them opportunities, Lord, to be able to have conversations, to be able to, to if they need to ask for forgiveness, to do so, but, but to begin to, to, to bring a healing and amending of some of those broken relationships that might be there. Father, we also ask for mentors to be raised up in this church. That Lord, that we would see those that have gone before us and have uh, had the, the, the battle and the, and the things with middle schoolers and high schoolers and college age and adult children, that Lord, you would bring them to our lives, that they can train us up, that Lord, they can speak into our lives, make our hearts open. May we be teachable, Lord, that we can learn. And Father, we ask in Jesus' name that you would protect our children and our grandchildren, that Lord, that they would never taste the evil of this world, but 
instead, they would come to a saving knowledge of Jesus at a very young age. For those that are away and wayward, those, Lord God, that have walked away, we call them back like the prodigal son. Lord, we ask for a deliverance of addiction. Father, we ask, Lord God, that you would speak to them just purity in their minds from what they've been taught by culture in the world. But instead, Lord God, they would see who you are and they would see that, Lord, through us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. amen. I want to so do something real quick. I feel yeah. I just want to be obedient in this moment. I feel like the Lord has said that there's maybe somebody or some some moms, some couples in the room that that you've been wanting to have children, but whether you've been having miscarriages or it's just not working, and I just I can't not yeah. step into that and to be obedient. Yeah. I just I just felt that we walked through three miscarriages ourselves. Um, as a mom who kind of processed and had to walk through that, would you mind praying um, in this moment for that? So Father, we lift up those precious women, Lord God, that are struggling with infertility. Lord, we see it so much right now in this world. And so Father, you knit children together in the wombs of their mother. And so, Lord, we speak to that womb and we speak healing. Lord God, you made the barren woman sing as if she had children. And so, Lord, we just speak healing over them. Lord, their hearts, heal their hearts. Lord, I come against the enemy that would make them think that it is their fault. But Lord, we remove that shame and that condemnation. But instead, Lord, we pray a complete healing. Like you healed us, Lord, heal them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's message, be sure to share it with your friends and tag us at TransformTLH. Thanks again for listening, and we look forward to seeing your face in the place someday. Have a great week.